Hello and welcome to the Emotion at Work podcast where we take a deep dive into the human condition having conversations that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Hello fair listener and welcome to episode 34 of the Emotion at Work podcast. Um, This time last year uh, I was recording episode 16 of the Emotion at Work podcast where uh, I started off the Emotion at Work in Stories series where I started to to talk about how... um, how I'd been affected um, physically and emotionally by my experiences in 2018 and that I was coming kind of uh, out from the other side of uh, some fairly major surgery um, and and just starting to kind of get back into um, get back into I guess work and life again. 2018 has been a similarly challenging year but in a different way. So I sit here now at the start of 2019, knowing that I am about to go into my second bout of surgery to try and uh, fix the the physical um, pain issues that I uh, I have to work with on a daily basis. And I thought, believed, hoped that 2018 was going to be a year where where chronic pain wasn't part of my life anymore. And to a certain degree, that's true the severity of the pain it was a lot better post um, the surgery that I had um, before the first round of surgery that I had as I come in to this second round of surgery um, I, I sit here on the what is it on the 2nd of January and I think it's got to be two years now where every day I'm in pain so that's what, 770 days of having to take some form of analgesia every single day to get the pain either to a manageable point where I can function or to get the pain to a point where um, I can actually live life. And that is one of the real challenges I faced both in 2017 and this year in 2018. I've been able to be me more, I said in my 2008 my uh, in episode 16 sorry uh, I said that I'd really struggled with my identity and I feel like I've got more of me back this year and that's because I'm not in as much pain as I was before um but one of the things that that I've really grappled with is having to plan my life to account for my pain so when I look at my week um, ahead, I've got to look at how much traveling will I be doing? How much sitting will I be doing? How much opportunity will I get for rest? Um, where am I going to fit in um, the Pilates that I need to do um, every day? Ideally, I don't always deliver on that, but where am I going to, where am I going to get the time to fit that in? Where do I get to fit in my swim that helps with my rehab? Um, where do I get to, to fit in the, uh, the long hot bath just to ease all the muscles in in my lower body and and that's not something I've ever had to do before 2017 and then into this year of 2018 and, and I know I'm not alone in that I know there are other people out there who um, have chronic pain and when I say chronic pain I don't that implies chronic physical pain and I know it can be different in that um, there can be chronic emotional pain as well um so I know I'm talking about physical pain, but I know that the, the the similar chronic emotional um, pain can be uh, can be equally as debilitating. And 
when I listen to me talking about that, I, I can hear some frustration um, in my voice. I can hear my voice changing to show some frustration and some resentment about the fact that I've got to do that. And and that is there without without a doubt, um, especially when it comes to family stuff. Yeah, there are times where my wife and I will look at what do we want to do or where do we want to go on holiday or um, it's you know, what are we going to do with the kids on these days? And we have to look at that and think, how will Phil cope with that? How you know how will how will I be able to to manage with with that kind of day and with that kind of experience? And and I find that a very difficult thing to wrap my head around. And and I guess because I've never had it before you know, before two thousand seventeen and then into this year into last year sorry into two thousand eighteen not something I ever really had to do before and now I do and I then think about the experiences that others must have around this and and again I then reflect back to my experiences in the workplace and is this something that we discuss and we talk about on a regular basis and no it it really isn't it's really not and when uh, I think it was in October. Somebody asked me, "Oh, Phil, would you, you know, would you go back into the to the gainful world of employment again?" And I said, "Well, yeah, if if it was right, yes, but genuinely, I don't know if an organisation would accept me as I am right now. You know, for me to to say, I know I need at least one day a week where I'm at home, lying down with my iPad propped up on my lap, working." So yes, I can work and I'm productive, but I need to be horizontal. And when I'm in the workplace, I, you know, if you, if I, you need, I don't know, if I had like a day of meetings, that would just kill me off. Um, I was in a, I was in an all day meeting recently and I spent most of it stood up or stretching um, or excusing myself and going for a short walk just to ease, um, ease the symptoms that I was experiencing. And the the client was supportive and understanding but if that was i was having to do that every day i don't know would a company want to employ me i'm I'm not sure they would if i'm honest um maybe i'm maybe i'm being overly harsh or uh or critical i don't know but um i would if i think yeah if i think back to to what my working life was like when i was employed i would struggle to fit in in that environment right now and then if I think about the clients that I work with and the discussions that we have again I think someone like me would really struggle to fit in right now um I was listening to a podcast today where uh, one of the guests I was listening to the three good podcasts I should say I should name check shouldn't I so I was listening to Suk Pabial's three good podcasts and one of his guests was talking about how they felt there'd been a, a, a shift in uh, flexibility um, and flexible working and and I agree I think there is certainly more talk about it has that talk translated into reality I don't know if I think about the clients that I work with 10% truly trust their staff to work in a flexible way um, and therefore that leaves 90% that don't and now the implication is that of course, that you know that's binary, and I've created a dichotomy, and there are spectrums, of course, within that. So some are more trusting, and some are less trusting. That said, um, that can often be down to the individual manager that's in um, in the workplace. I, I really wasn't expecting to go here, but anyway, uh, I have.
So I, I began by talking about um, identity, and I feel like I've got more of me back this year. Um, but I don't feel like I'm fully back as me. And, and that brings challenges with it. Um, I, what, what I have found is I'm much more accepting, though. So um, I talked about the frustration, the resentment of having to um, live, you know, kind of plan my life around um, how I manage the pain that I experience. Um, as the year has gone by, I've become much more accepting of that and much more forgiving both to myself um, and um and to others in terms of the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the concessions or the changes that they make to accommodate um to accommodate me and I'm very grateful for um for the support and everything else that goes with it um uh there's something else so I think I feel less of a burden now. I felt like a real burden to people before. I know if I asked anybody that was helping or supporting me, they would never have described me as that. But that was a real strong feeling I had that um, I had, especially into in in two thousand and seventeen. And and I think I've been. I, I feel like I I feel like I am less of a burden. Or that no, that's not, that's a poor articulation. I feel like I am a burden less often and I think that's because I'm yeah more forgiving and accepting of the fact that um to quote the greatest showman this is me and and this is me now so therefore that's what we work with um even though that might not necessarily be the me that I was or the me that I want to be but it's the me now and accepting that um yeah accepting that I find myself sat here nervous um unsure also though excited um if i was to try and put a figure on it which i know is you know completely subjective yet i'm choosing to do it anyway there's no doubt that i think that no i'm not going to put a, a number on it so my phrase is there's no doubt that i'm better than i was pre first stop but do i feel well no so therefore, this second operation that I'm going into, my hope and belief is that it will get me to a point where I am well. And I'm accepting that I will never be back as I was. And there, I'm sure there will always be some form of discomfort um, ahead. Yet, if it can get me back to a point where I can fully engage in day-to-day -day activities for both work and family that would be a big win for me because that's the challenge is that it's the not being able to engage in day-to-day -day activities or having to to plan um to plan me around day-to-day -day activities that's that's the real challenge i feel like i'm waffling and, and meandering um and i almost want to press the stop button and, and start recording again um but just because I feel like I'm meandering doesn't necessarily mean that that I am. And part of part of what I talked about in the in episode sixteen where I opened the year was how I wanted to change, uh, not change. I wanted to evolve the podcast uh, through last year. And one of the ways I wanted to do that was through 
um, people talking more openly um, and telling their stories about their experiences with uh, with emotion. And when I look back at the stats for 2018, the emotion at work in stories episodes are all within the top 10 of downloads for the year. So what that tells me is that um, that that theme has certainly resonated with people um, for those episodes to to be in there, and it's certainly the episodes that have caused the most kind of interactions and discussions on uh, through Twitter or LinkedIn or or Facebook or in terms of the, the platforms that that they're shared on. Um, those stories episodes have, have certainly been popular um, within that. And that's something I'm really proud of, and I guess that's why uh, I'm I'm happy to let my rambling uh, or my my concerns about rambling um, just put them to one side because um, what you're getting, fair listener, is an uh, is a, a an uncensored kind of insight as to as to where I am because it's a um, the links between physical health and um and emotional and mental health are, are strong and there's um there's lots of research to that, that explores the the links between the two and and it's one thing to understand that cognitively but to actually experience that on a daily basis for two years has really got me thinking about the role of chronic long-term pain on people in the workplace um and i feel really lucky that i've had the flexibility of running my own business and being able to make those choices and make, you know, do the plans that i want to do and i guess going back to alluding to what i said earlier on part of the reason i want to tell this story is because i don't believe it forms part of or it forms a big part of general workplace conversations um and and it needs to because it has a it has a huge emotional toil for people you know the emotional labor that sometimes i and i'm sure others need to do to to maintain that professional or credible face that you may not um truly feel that moment is high and uh, the lucky thing for me is i've got ways and means of um working with that stuff generally in the workplace do people have their have have ways and means of working with that stuff i don't know i don't think so my, my gut says no um so therefore that's why i want to talk about my experiences and and what it's been what it has been and what it is like to be me at the moment um because being me is a is a tough thing to do. I, I really worry that sounds incredibly self. Uh, so yeah, just yeah, selfish navel gazing stuff. So one of the other things that we talked about then, there's a, there's a nice change in footing for you there, everybody. I'd left a long pause to tell you that I was changing um, conversation topic. So if I look back to some of the things that I talked about at the start of the 2018 podcast, what, what did I say I was going to do? 
I said that I was going to create, um, I wanted to create a, ser- a series talking about stories, which I've done. Um, I wanted to do um, more podcasts with, with more than one guest on, which I achieved once right at the start of the year and, and failed to achieve again. So um, so that's something that I need more need to do more of and, and go back and revisit because I, I genuinely believe that, that that opportunity to have multiple voices, more than me and one other guest, I think would make for a really interesting uh, conversation. I said I was going to do two live podcasts, and I have I am yet to do either of those. So they they are on the list for 2019. Um, I said I was going to do more exploratory episodes um, again, which I managed to do once and, and haven't really done since. Uh, I also said I wanted to get some old guests back on, which I haven't done. Um, that's happening though. So I've got my first returning guest is Georgie Nightingale, um, and she will be uh, on the podcast soon so i've got a recording set up with her in the not too distant future where we're going to review where we were when we first spoke she was on episode five um i think it was episode five um way way back in the early stages so it'd be really interesting to find out where she's at uh, i said i wanted to get some industry leading guests on which we've done so we've had professor carrie cooper as the um chairman of the cipd talking about mental health in the workplace we had james gross on the world's leading researcher on emotion regulation um and i also said i wanted to do more with um emotion at work and that's happened as well so there's the emotion at work hub which is um you know, shameless plug time um emotion at work hub where you will find a curated list of evidence-based uh, emotion and workplace related resources for you ranging from discussions through um, uh, videos, through um, articles, uh, peer-reviewed research papers, um, and general articles as well. All of that is on there. There's a really, uh, Lara Croft has posted a very interesting article about um, how, uh, what makes posts viral and the importance of emotion within that. Um, so I've got I'm writing a, a response to to her thoughts on that one at the moment, but it's free to join, uh, open for everybody. So feel free to come along and, and join the hub. Also, um, uh, Emotion at Work hosted the first HR's Open Mic Night, where um, we had a wonderful evening of uh, raising money for charity, um, raising best part of I think. 900 pounds i need to check the the exact details but best part of 900 pounds for retrack and connecting hr africa where um to support the the great work that hr professionals do when uh, when they go and visit um different parts of africa to um to support the teams that are working uh, out there in country um so in terms of, I guess, my wish list of what that I want to do over the year i've, I've achieved some and, and not others and i'm okay with that um, because life uh, happens uh, and life gets in the way. So where, what, what does the future hold for me? So I, I'm going to be out of action for a number of weeks now. Um, so I've got a few podcasts in the can, but also I'm going to uh, pull together some series um, of podcasts. So pulling together um, some of the older episodes and, and publishing them in a row to create a series of um of episodes that are linked together so for example there are there are a number of uh, episodes where we talk about emotions emotional intelligence and emotion regulation and i think it'd be really useful to pull those together as a set um, and publish them so that you can hear a number of different episodes along the way and what i'll do is i'll add my own thoughts and reflections at the start of the podcast as well um so that you get to to hear my thoughts um having reflected on on the experiences of of going through and listening uh, listening to those podcasts um 
what else is ahead? You know, part of me doesn't know, really. Um, I know that I want to give this podcast more time and attention than, it, than it's had over the last three months of 2018. Um, October, November, December were incredibly busy times for me. Busy um, professionally, but also busy um, kind of personally with just just managing day-to-day activities just made it tough to to plan extra stuff in so um this podcast is is definitely going to get more time and love um and attention over the course of 2019 i also want to mix it up i said my if the keen-eared listener would have noticed that my introduction changed slightly to motion at work podcast so we take a deep dive into the human condition having conversations that you wouldn't necessarily expect um and that's what I want to do more of, both in terms of the topics of the conversation, the actual conversations that happen, but also the types of conversations that we have. Um, I want to mix that up more this year. I want to say a few thank yous uh, as, I've, as it's my podcast. I get the opportunity to do what I want to do. So uh, some huge thank yous to, uh, to Bianca Botton, without whom... Um, I would not have been able to get through last year. Her help and support uh, along the way, um, helping me with with all of the work stuff that I need to do has been uh, has been immense, and I'm incredibly grateful. Um, also to uh, to my friends out there in the Twitter sphere, um, you know who you are. So some huge thanks to you uh, for your help and support over the course of the year. Um, not that they listen, but to my wife and to my family. Um, They've just been amazing this year, um, helping me, supporting me, um, listening, uh, caring, and and just generally being uh, being amazingly supportive. So uh, hugely grateful to them for for all their help and support this year. And finally, to you, fair listener, uh, I summed up my episode sixteen by saying thank you to you, fair listener, because. Um, apart from Christmas Day, Boxing Day, no, sorry, Christmas Eve, apart from Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and one other day in December, my voice was in somebody's ears every single day this year. So at some point, every day, somebody was listening to this podcast, and that absolutely blows my mind. And I'm incredibly grateful um, to all of you that listen, uh, but whether that be that, whether that be sporadically or regularly, um, knowing that what I do here on this podcast um, is valued and appreciated and if and, and prompts conversations and thoughts and feelings um, about the role of emotion in the workplace, then that makes me very, very happy. And that's it. To be a Ross Garner and to use his phrase for bringing the podcast together. Um, more to come. Um, over the next few weeks uh, you won't see or hear much of me around um, and I'll see you on the other side that was a crap ending anyway never mind thank you you've been listening to the Emotion at Work podcast written edited and presented by Phil Wilcox for more information, why not visit our website, emotionatwork.co.uk. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, why not join the community at community.emotionatwork.co.uk where you'll find other resources such as videos, blogs, articles, research, plus all the previous podcasts. It'd be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening.